this week on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. Coming up on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, Kelsey says that New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor are better than AEW. She'll explain why, plus much more, next. Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul. And we are on the road in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, we apologize for dropping the podcast a day late. But the little microphone that uh, we used to record the podcast was lost with my luggage. If you follow me on Twitter, you have heard all of my adventures with travel in the last month and a half. And this is four trips out of five that at least one of our bags did not make it to the destination on time. Four out of five. (laughs) That's pretty epic and And, horrible. And most of them are the fault of the New Orleans airport, but this one actually wasn't it. Just wasn't transferred, unless they didn't put a transfer tag on it. Yes. Which is possible. So, uh, yeah. anyways, we had to wait for uh, for the bags to come in, and now that they are here, we are ready to go. We're going. And we're going to, uh, in the second block, go through the week that was during the holiday week, uh, taped NXT with some good matches, and Raw, plus we're going to do our Wrestle Kingdom preview. Yeah, I'm excited about Wrestle but, Kingdom. First, we're going to uh, do our year in review, uh, and we'll talk more about what we're going to do next week year in review-wise, but this week we're going to kind of hand out some awards, which I'm sure the wrestlers are on their edge of their seats. <laughs> Who's going to win the, the, our awards? I didn't know we were calling them awards, well, even. You guess you decided that one. Superlatives, <laughs> honorees, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Superlatives, yeah. That's a good word there. And Fancy. By the, by the way, we're in Charlotte because we're covering the Saints game tomorrow. Yep. Uh, last game of the regular season. So, that's why we're here. That is why. Just so people know. All right, well, let's get out these awards then, apparently. All right. <laughs> we don't have any physical trophies, but... Yes. The prestige right. of being named by one of us is is good enough. All right. <laughs> let's work uh, Let's work from the bottom, I think. Uh, let's give a, a, our star that's... Uh, how do you call the star uh, rising and falling? What did you call them? Good year, bad year. Oh, yeah. Good year, good year, <laughs> good year and, bad year. Yeah, so really best year and worst year in our mind, kind of. No. Good year. <laughs> who had good year and who had a bad year? Yes. This is just kind of like an overall... This isn't awards. This is just like some thoughts here. Yes. All right, so... Me? Yes. Good or bad? Give me your good. Good year, John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose. Got to leave, got to be fulfilled creatively. He had a darn good year. He did? Yeah. Yeah. I have a whole bunch more, but... Uh, yeah, give I, us some of your honorable uh, mentions. Okay, so honorable mentions, Cody Rhodes, because he's super over, and he owns, or part owns a company that's, like, doing pretty well. Uh, I think Kevin Owens had a good year. Ishii had a good year. Osprey, of course, had a wonderful year in terms of match quality. Keith Lee and Matt Riddle have had a great year. Adam Cole, more over than ever. And Lance Archer, for sure, has had a great year. I mean, I wouldn't have expected to love Lance Archer this much. I've always liked him, but I just think he's so much more in the public eye, and people realize how good he really is now. I uh, I viewed these two as who's kind of trending upwards, who's kind of trending downward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I only picked one for 
the uh, Goodyear or trending trending upwards, and it's just who you just said, Lance Archer. I mean, what a what a year for him! Uh, just some terrifically epic matches. Um, he, you know, he's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. But just a great year for Lance Archer, breaking away from being a tag team guy to a fantastic single star. So that match that he's going to have at Wrestle Kingdom, that's a big match for him. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of eyes on that match because Mox is going to bring in the casual fans, the mm-hmm. casual eyes. And so I think them putting him with Moxley is not an accident. It's like, hey, you had a great year. You deserve this match. Right. It's a big deal. It is. I agree. All right. So who's uh, falling off the cliff? <laughs> <laughs> I like that sound effect. <laughs> it was pretty terrible. Uh, Jimmy Havoc is my number one because... On the indie, non-AEW scene, he was really, really good. He could wrestle any style he wanted, which was usually hardcore, like super hardcore. And now he's in a company with a couple of other guys, and they have a similar style to him, but like they won't let him shine and be himself yet. I'm not saying that they won't ever. I'm just saying we haven't really seen as audience members what he can do, what he was known for in the non-AEW scene. So I hope soon that they start to utilize the talent that they have in Jimmy Havoc. But uh, right now, he's not been able to show much of anything. I agree. I agree. Uh, my falling star is also one of our favorites, uh, Suzuki. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, uh, just... Fell in bad graces with New Japan. I don't. I just don't know what happened. I don't know. Uh, he wasn't a major part of Wrestle Kingdom last year. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't in the G1. So I don't know what happened there. And, uh, you know, now he's going to go to uh, another promotion, it would appear. Uh, he's obviously not on the Wrestle Kingdom bill. So uh, very disappointing uh, for one of the best in the world, in my opinion. He's on my list, too. And um, I'm really sad. In fact, he's, he's second on my list. Uh, I'm pretty sad about it because now that he's going to another company, I don't know if we're going to have time to watch him. Yeah. We really have time to watch New Japan as it is with all these reviews <laughs> we've been doing right. for WWE stuff. So I'm a little bummed, i got to tell you. You know, if you guys know me, he's my favorite wrestler. Right. So it's just like, where is he going to end up? Hopefully wherever he is, he'll have a belt, he'll be valued because he's super over is the ironic part. This whole year that he's had the bad year, he's been more over than ever. When he was at G1 Supercard, he didn't have a prominent singles match and he could have. He was just in that, you know, battle royal. And he actually was super popular in that. People were chaining Suzuki, they were so like amped up to see him, but that was all. Yeah. You know, it wasn't anything more than just being in like a multi-man match. Uh, I'm going to do one thing for our viewers on YouTube. I think the TV is creating a lot of changes in the light. Yeah. That's why we keep kind of changing. So let me turn this away, even though I'm trying to watch football as we do this. But well, I guess looks I'll, like you'll have to I guess I'll survive for 45 minutes. All right. Breakout star of the year. Oh, um, I had more honorable mentions oh, I'm for sorry. fall. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the Young Bucks on screen because mm-hmm. they're losing more than they have in a long time. Then I've got Kushida. As I said, I also had Suzuki. Kushida, yeah, he was given a good debut in NXT. I just don't think he's a pillar in NXT as he was in New Japan for wrestling. Yes, it's still early. Yes, he was out for a while. I think he was injured. But but still, I just Kushida is one of the best junior heavyweight wrestlers ever. Mm-hmm. And he's not a pillar in NXT. So to me, it's I know he wanted to experience like the U.S. He wanted to experience different wrestling. But it's like you're not valued as highly in this company yet. That's what I'm bummed about. So hopefully they'll start to raise him up and elevate him. Damian Priest. 
yeah, he's over and stuff, but I hate the character change, <laughs> and I think it's going to do damage to his popularity in the long run. Because I just don't think people are digging the character. They dig his moves, but I think he was more over in Ring of Honor. Yeah. When he was just Punishment Martinez, personally, so I don't know. And then, uh, finally, Marty Skrull. Even though he had that big, you know, run-in at NWA's pay-per-view and people were really excited, I just don't feel like this past year in Ring of Honor, he's been, like, a main player. I agree. Even though he was part of that triple threat ladder match at G1 Supercard, I think people felt like, if he doesn't win here, he'll never win the title, and he didn't, so... Yeah, you almost forget he was in that, because, even though he was great in it. It was more about Lethal and, and Taven. Taven. Yeah, yeah and they had really great chemistry that whole year, Lethal and Taven. They had been going back and forth. They had a wonderful feud. So to me, like that was the part you were really concentrating on in the match. And let me just say, the funny thing is, so everyone thought that Marty Skrull's leaving in Ring of Honor, and he probably is, but he just got announced for a main event of a show they have coming up in January. So I thought he was already done his dates, but I, I guess he's still going to be working for them? Kind of surprising, and it's the main event. It's just a multi-man tag match, though. Right, right. And it could be setting up his leaving. Yeah, you know, maybe like villain Enterprise turning on him or something. I don't know, but he is still named for an upcoming show. That's interesting to note. Yep. I agree. All right, so now let's go into the stars. All right, breakout star of the year. I went with uh, Darby Allen. Uh, I think, you know, what was it? Seven, eight months ago, whenever he made uh, the, the had the match against Cody Rhodes, didn't really know who he was. Remember, we watched the video package about him yeah. and all that stuff. And and uh, for him to be basically somebody that was mostly an unknown, I would I think it's fair to say to uh, be a guy that people really, really love uh, and and love his his gimmick, love yeah. his, his crazy in ring stuff. Uh, that's why I chose Darby Allen as the breakout star. That's the only one I knew who you chose, and I didn't, cho- I didn't choose him because I knew you were going to do it. So that's a great choice, though. In fact, that's probably the best choice because, really, well, you can't argue. I said it. Whatever. <laughs> you can't argue against that choice. <laughs> but I've got some uh, other people. I think Rhea Ripley. That's a good one. From great one, actually. Yeah. So she changed her whole persona. She looks so different than when she first appeared in the Mae Young Classic. And then now, like, she's super over. Her wrestling is really good. Her her look has improved in terms of being unique. No one else looks like her. And, you know, we kept thinking, wow, Shayna Baszler, she's had such a dominant year. Who could possibly dethrone her? Now we know the answer. And what a big notch in Rhea Ripley's belt to defeat Shayna. I just think... It's well-deserved, though. She's just had such a great year. I agree. Uh, do you want to give any honorable mentions I for do that? Not, uh, I do not. Do I? No. Oh, yeah, I do have one. What's Another one, uh, somebody that I hadn't heard of until a few months ago and I'm really impressed with, and obviously just got to develop his personality a little bit, Umberto Carrillo. Yeah. Had not heard of him prior to uh, the draft, basically, when they, uh, they put him on Raw. That's a good choice. I would have never thought of him. You know, I think people still aren't buying in on the personality, but it could get, it could get there, yeah. you know. All right, so my honorable mentions for breakout star, Joey Janela, because yes, people knew him, but he's so much more over. Like, the scope of AEW is so much yeah. further reaching than the promotions he was working in before. Right. And I just think he's captured a lot of people's hearts. Yeah, he's more mainstream now than yeah. he was. And who would have thought somebody like Joey Janela would be super mainstream? You would have all these casuals being like, I like this guy. He's awesome. I love him. Uh, then I've got PCO and Luchasaurus. PCO because, you know, he had left wrestling for a while. Now he's freaking Ring of Honor champ. 
I think that's a big deal. Who would have thought at his age, after leaving wrestling for a little while, that he would be a champion in a company? He's done the work to get himself over to reinvent himself with a really unique, cool character. So I think he deserves the props of Breakout Star. And Luchasaurus, too. He's super over in AEW. He kind of rivals the reaction that Cody gets. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's pretty impressive when you got this guy who, like Darby Allin, no one knew who Luchasaurus was, right. really, like eight months ago, if you rewind the clock a little bit. People seem to really be taken with him and just are behind him. And like I said, the crowd reaction for him, that isn't a lie. People really love him. I agree. Uh, any others? Nope, that's All it. All right. Uh, tag team of the year. Okay. Briscoes. Yeah. Is that yours? No. Really? No. I bet you yours is Lucha Brothers. No? You'll find out in a oh. second. Okay, well, Briscoes <laughs> for me because, well, they're the Briscoes. How can you not pick them? They're good at so much stuff. <laughs> That's what Mark would say. <laughs> I just love the Briscoes. Um, they're literally carrying Ring of Honor on their backs. I mean, the tag division has taken a big blow with the Bucks being gone and other people like Best Friends aren't there. Obviously, SCU as well. So imagine that tag division, which used to be one of the best tag divisions in wrestling, is now kind of reaching for talent. They just need more tag teams. So... Briscoe's have had to face whoever they can find, but they really have had, in my opinion, the feud of the year in tag team wrestling, even more than anything in AEW, the Briscoe's versus G.O.D. I mean, their matches this year, fire. Awesome. Uh, well, then I might as well piggyback on that, because I knew you were going to take the Briscoe's. How'd so, you know? So I took G.O.D. as my <laughs> okay. tag team of the year. Uh, they've been basically unrivaled in New Japan, uh, which partially speaks to... They're the, carrying that company. Right. The lack of depth in the tag team division. Yeah. But they are so awesome. As you mentioned, they had those epic matches against the Briscoes. So that's why they were my number one, just barely over the Lucha Brothers. And the only reason... I like the Lucha Brothers more when they weren't in AEW. Me too. Uh, I, I don't know why. I don't like them as much in AEW. I, I don't feel like... We're getting the true Lucha Brothers. I know, like in PWG, it was so raw. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, or some of the things we've seen, uh, you know, like you know, in independent shows and things like that. Even like uh, matches in MLW and yeah. stuff like that. So that's why I put God just above the Lucha Brothers. Uh, so Lucha Brothers is an honorable mention for me. And my other they were my, they were my honorable mention too, but I've got more. But they were one of them. My other honorable mention is the Viking Raiders. Even though oh, yeah. we didn't like their name change once they got promoted. Think about it. They had one of the best matches of the year, in yeah. my opinion, against Ricochet and Aleister Black at NXT TakeOver. Yeah. They had they vacated the NXT Tag Team Championships, get to Raw, slowly build, win the Tag Team Championships there. They've and slowly gotten really over with the crowd, because initially I, I think the crowd didn't warm to them if they didn't know them from NXT. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's been a good year for the Vikings. Yeah, Raiders. super dominant for sure. And, you know, we love them on the non-WWE scene too, so it's nice to see them succeed in WWE because it's not easy especially when they change your name flipping a billion times <laughs> so uh, kudos to them for overcoming that and just putting the pedal to the metal and keep going yeah because it's worked for them so my honorable mentions for tag team of the year proud and powerful formerly known as LAX yep. because I mean people were so excited to see them come to AEW then they had some good m matches with the Young Bucks culminating I think their best match with the Young Bucks with that Texas street fight so, overall, people are loving them, they're just rising in popularity, and their match quality has always been good. So, I think they're definitely 
a good honorable mention to have. I also have the Lucha Brothers, like I said, and then I also have New Day, because I think they're a pillar for WWE mm -hmm. on the main roster, because sometimes the main roster tag team division lacks depth, because they... They have a lot of people, but they don't always use them. So New Day has been that go-to tag team, you know, when they need a jolt in the division. Like, oh, you know, no matter what happens, people can claim that they're stale, but they're over. And they're hard workers, and they're consistent. So to me, New Day deserves to be in the convo. And they had a great match at TLC. That was one of my was... favorite matches. It, it was almost match of the night. Yeah. It really was yeah. almost tied for match of the yeah. night. Yeah, and, you know, they, as you mentioned, they've been consistent. They just all signed new deals with WWE. Uh, so the New Day will stay around for a while. Yeah. Uh, obviously, merchandise-wise, everything, they are uh, gold for the WWE. Oh, yeah. All right. Female of the year. I have three. My number one is Tessa Blanchard. Okay. Main eventing a pay-per-view against a man. Badass. You cannot not <laughs> mention her in the conversation. And her match with Sammy, where she had that bat... At, uh, I think it was Homecoming or was Slam it Slammiversary? Yeah. I couldn't remember which show because she's had multiple matches with Sammy. Unfortunately, we haven't seen all of them, but we saw that one in person, the Slammiversary match, and it was awesome. So to me, she's an undeniable talent. I just love her. I think she's super talented. She might be one of the best women in all of wrestling across all promotions. I agree. So I think she's Women Wrestler of the Year. And your honorable mentions? My honorable mentions, how can you not say Shayna Baszler? And I might be picking your choice, I don't know. But Shayna, obviously, super dominant year. You know, I like this comment. Rhea Ripley, she was on a podcast, I think, or she was interviewed. And she said, you know, I get mad when people say that Shayna is boring. Because, you know, she's a heel and she's doing her job right. You know, uh, she's being consistent. She's doing her job. She's getting people to dislike her and boo her. That is what a heel is. It's not supposed to be a cool heel. So Rhea, I think, said it best. Shayna did her job this year. She was dominant, and she was, to me, the best heel in all of WWE. And finally, Io is one of my women wrestlers of the year. She's gotten herself super over. I didn't know if the heel term would work, but it's worked better than I ever imagined. Yeah. Uh, she's so good as a heel. And her entrance, her new entrance is just epic. The crowd just loves her. I mean, when they chant for her, it's just echoey and overwhelming and it just bellows off the walls of whatever arena they're in and she usually had, full and she had one of the uh, epic moments of the year going off the cage in, yes. in war games so uh definitely good choices there to me that visual was the best of the show yeah I mean, that adam cole visual rivaled it but <laughs> but the eo moonsault was incredible yeah i think you've got one in one a right there yeah <laughs> uh okay well for my female of the year, I have to go with Becky Lynch. I mean, she headlined uh, WrestleMania. She's immensely popular. Uh, she had great matches, whether it was a TLC teaming with Charlotte. Uh, I don't think her matches are very good. The, the Hell in a Cell match <laughs> uh, uh, was great against Sasha. Was it against Sasha? I can't remember who the Hell in a Cell match was against. Uh, but I think she just had too good a year to not call her the athlete or female uh, athlete of the year. Uh, I could see that. I just don't think her matches are my favorite. No, I agree with I, that. I don't really like her wrestling style very much. Uh, I had Shayna Baszler as honorable mention. I mean, again, carried the belt pretty much the whole year. Is probably the best heel in WWE. Yeah. Uh, she's fantastic. And even though she's not a favorite of mine, you got to give it to Riho uh, in AEW. I mean, I don't think... I almost put her as an honorable mention. I don't think a lot of people knew who she was. She's this dimin diminutive... Uh, wrestler, but she's just charming. The crowd loves her. You could put 
her as a breakout star you too, because no one knew her. Right. Well, the majority of people didn't, yeah. and then she's just captured hearts. And it doesn't hurt. I mean, now it's getting a little old, but JR is saying about her weight difference, about how small yeah. she is, but she's got a big heart. See, that's gotten old now, but at first, like, that helped get her over, oh, I absolutely. think, you know? All right, male athlete or wrestler of the year? Well, my male wrestler of the year, it's kind of obvious. Yeah. It's got to be Osprey. Yeah. I've got like three uh, honorable mentions, though. Okay. Um, I'm also Will Osprey. I mean, how could you not pick him? I mean, what he did. Uh, you know, whether it was at WrestleCon, Best of Super Juniors, G1, his match at G1 Supercard, uh, just a great year. I mean, you know, it's funny because we haven't seen as much of him, you know, towards the tail end of the year because we haven't watched as much New Japan. So, you know, it's almost for us like a first eight months of the year kind of reward because I think we had already determined by July that he was going to be our wrestler of the year. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) he has had so many five-star matches in my book nobody else's book uh, i don't care what they say but in my book just the matches have blown me away and i've been invested in every match mm-hmm. he's had and you know what better way to culminate the year and start a new year by having him face Hiromu, who's been gone all year yeah you know we've been wanting him to come back and i didn't know if he would face dragon lee right away you know and make that a story but i think him facing osprey is a great built-in story and we'll talk more about wrestle kingdom later but what a great start to the new year and kind of a finish in a way metaphorically because i know it technically takes place in the next year but what a great finish to the great year he's had to cap that off with his match against takahashi what do you got for some of your honorable mentions so my honorable mentions kofi kingston how can we not call him out holding the belt uh i would say an earlier in the year type of award for him because this second half yes he's been great with new day but what i'm disappointed with and this is no fault of his his it's the fault of the company how little they mentioned that he was the champion well and and how how quickly he got over losing it yeah how quickly they had him lose to brock lesnar which was one of the most disappointing things in the whole year you build to this debut of smackdown against Lesnar, and then you have him basically squashed. I thought that was a terrible decision. What a terrible finish <laughs> to his awesome reign. Because he did hold it for quite a while. And it's such a Cinderella story, so I could not call it out because I love the story that led to his rise and to him winning the title. But the way he lost it, I'm just still pretty upset about that. Well, and you think about it. I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. But because of injuries, he was. And then this groundswell for Kofi. We were there. Yeah. It That's was where awesome. it started. And then, you know, to have that epic moment at WrestleMania. And then, on top of that, he ends the year as the tag team champs. Yeah. With, in the New Day. So, yeah. Still, great finishes year. great. But I just, that middle part really yeah. upsets me. How he lost and then how they never mention it and how yeah. they just had him kind of move on like it was nothing. Yep. So, to me, that's a bummer right there. It was. All right. And uh, my other honorable mention, Sammy Callahan. Because I think he's been a pillar much, much like Tessa Blanchard has been for the women's division in Impact, I think Sammy Callahan for the men has been the pillar. You can call out other names who have been great for the company, but nobody has put over the company as much as Sammy Callahan. And he's such a unique, weird guy that you would never think, you never think of him as like a main guy in a way because he's so crazy. But he is a great main guy. To me, I wish we would have seen more of him this year, but I think he deserves to be in this conversation as best wrestler of the year. I agree. Uh, Some of my honorable mentions, I put PCO on here because I think he's just had such a great year. He's gotten so over that he's not human. Yeah. Um, That's why I put him as a breakout star. The the fact that he ended the year as the Ring of Honor champion, uh, you know, 
some great matches, some great moments. Like, obviously, at Supercard of Honor, when he basically went over the rope flat on his back on oh, the floor. Yeah. Uh, the only downside of the year for him was that kind of clunky entrance with the whole sitting in the electric oh, chair. Yeah. And, that was the low point. And you see year. him climb up into it. And that, all, that was at G1 Supercard, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. so uh, but he got a new entrance and... Uh, Hopefully, you're going to get a chance to interview him somewhere down the road. Uh, I hope so, because we were supposed to initially, but the timing just didn't work out. Right. So, uh, And then my other honorable mention is Adam Cole. I mean, great matches, matches against Johnny Gargano. Uh, you know, was on the receiving end of one of the most epic moments of the year. Yeah. Going off the top of the cage at War Games. And then, not only doing that, but the next night, having a fantastic, probably the best match of Survivor Series. Uh when, or excuse me, yeah, Survivor Series. I almost I was, yeah with Dunn with against Pete Dunn. Yeah, you know, so uh, I think it's it was just a great year for Adam Cole. Um, he was my final honorable mention. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh there so. you go. So so that's it. Those are our uh, award winners. Uh, because you know I'm I think we had some diversity there. We, we did have some the same diversity. Answers. We had some of the same, but not not too much. No, a little overlap, but not too much. So I did say that Adam Cole had a good year in my good year little bit, but. You know, I never had been a fan of his wrestling is the funny part. But this year, he's really kind of won me over a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, I, mean, I will say, I don't like the Gargano matches as much as most people. Right. A lot of people consider those their match of the year. I will give a spoiler right now. We'll talk about what we're going to talk about next week. But one of my matches of the year will probably not be that match. Right. <laughs> spoiler alert. But we're going to be talking about matches of the year next week. So yep. stay tuned for that. We're going to put out a, a Twitter question. Yeah. And it'll be, uh, what was, just like last year, what was your favorite Match from each promotion. So AEW, NXT, WWE main roster, of course, and then um, New Japan, and then other Ring of Honor too. Oh uh, yeah, and and then other. Which yes, can be Impact, can be MLW, can be whatever you want. Right. Uh, and then GCW, whatever you know. <laughs> secondary question: There, what was the best show, top to bottom, of the year last year? So you'll get a chance to vote on that. I don't even know what to say for that. I've got three choices, but I'm biased because all three of my choices are shows we were at. Well, I've got two, and we were at two, so it's probably two of the three yeah, you exactly, had. Exactly. So, so uh, we'll get that question out to you guys. Read your responses as our first uh, show of 2020, but uh, you know. There's so many notes to go through. I wish we had them behind us so I could show people, like, our notes for the year. They're massive, guys. Like, we we brought them on the plane with us because we thought we were going to talk about best matches today. But we're just like, we need more time to prepare. Like, we can't possibly do that this week because the the freaking pile is, like, this big. Plus, we really want to hear what you guys have to say, so that's why we decided to wait. And and we can read their answers. Yep. So uh, that is next week, but coming up next We will go through uh, this week in wrestling, talk about Raw, NXT, look ahead to Wrestle Kingdom, plus a couple of interesting videos that we're going to talk about, uh, one from Matt Hardy and one from The Elite, and that's all coming up. Our Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo was inspired by Two-Face, the Batman animated series character, and his coin. The logo was designed by the talented and creative artist Eric Hudson. Eric creates wrestling-themed pieces as well as other pop culture art. He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. You can also support his work by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dreaded dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. So we're going to start uh, block two with what we normally start block one with and some discussion 
And we're going to look ahead to Wrestle Kingdom, which is a two-night event uh, coming up next weekend. Uh, you're going to have live reaction for sure. I, I may, think. I may or may not join you, depending on what my uh, work schedule is with the Saints. Uh, but let's look ahead to uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And we'll start with night one. And uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier, the Lance Archer-John Moxley matches. Uh, one of the ma- best matches I'm looking forward to uh, for both nights. That match, and for me, the Osprey versus Takahashi match. Mm-hmm. I think I'm most excited about those. And yeah, I know, like it's not like the main title match or the IWGP Intercontinental match, but to me, those matches excite me, and I'm really looking forward to it. I know they won't be the main event, but it doesn't matter to me. It's still going to be exciting. Still has great stories. Yeah, in I both mean, matches. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think Archer and Moxley is going to be fantastic and brutal. Uh, and and then, a very unlike a usual New Japan match, especially a Wrestle Kingdom type of match. So this is going to be interesting to see how this turns out in New Japan for wrestling. They don't do death matches type no. of things very often lately. So, uh, yeah. And then the winner of that will face Juice on night two. That's going to be interesting, too, because there's a history there with Juice and the belt. Right. So, you know, how's that going to work out? And obviously we know that there's a history with Juice and Moxley. Right. So if it, Moxley took the belt from Juice, but then they had to give they, it up. Yeah, they took it from him. Yeah. So we'll see. How is that all going to work out? I'm really interested to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm really interested to see how uh, Hiromu Takahashi performs. I mean, he's going against Osprey, who makes everybody look good anyway. But <clears throat> I want to just see if he's going to kind of ease into things. Right. Or if we're going to see, you know, full. Full bore Takahashi like we saw before he got hurt. Yeah, is he going to wrestle the same style? Because if you guys remember, his style was extreme. Like, he did some stuff on steps, I think, in one of the tournaments, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I mean, other people did, too. I think Dragon Lee did, too. But I, I specifically remember being like, oh, Hiromu. Yeah, it um, was uh, up at the top of the aisle. Yeah, right? I think it against, was him, right? Uh, against Ishimori. Wasn't, wasn't it? it? I think. I, I think Invest so. Invest Super Juniors last year. I think not, so. Not 2019. Obviously 2018. not. Tw- yeah, he wasn't in the tournament this year. <clears throat> but yeah, I think he did some crazy stuff in 2018. Yeah. So uh, his wrestling style, he doesn't take it easy. Let's just say that. So I don't know if this injury and recovering from it means that he's going to just kind of wrestle differently. But I have a feeling he won't because I remember reading. Now, this could have changed. But I remember reading right after he got hurt and everyone knew he was going to be okay. They said that he's going to have an extra recovery time like an extra long recovery time because he wasn't going to change his style of wrestling. And so they want to really make sure that he rested and healed his neck. And now that could have been, you know, something that was said in the beginning, but he might have changed his thought process now. I don't know. So only time will tell, but we'll find out come Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, and then, of course, we have Jay White versus uh, Naito for the Intercontinental Championship, Okada versus Ibushi for the Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Then the next night, the losers. We'll face off against each other, and the winners will go after both belts. See, the thing is, I am conflicted about this two-belt thing. Because to me, your IWGP Intercontinental title has meant a lot to the company. It's even main-evented shows before, instead of the heavyweight championship. So to me, you're losing out if you have somebody be a double champion. Because then there goes your Intercontinental belt being separately defended then there goes some of your depth on your roster in terms of match quality and all this stuff like you don't have as many good high quality title matches on future shows and and, you know i know there's ways of getting around it but you're gonna have to figure out a way eventually to have the belts detached from each other again you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that's gonna be a big to do 
to me, I don't like the idea of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I don't. I like the idea of the matches themselves, but the whole somebody's going to be double champ, I just think you're playing with fire there. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I know well, you're not as intense about I'm, it as me. I'm not as bothered by it, but yeah, I get. I totally get your point. We'll see how long they uh, they play that out. Uh, the other thing from night one, as you mentioned earlier, Gorillas of Destiny versus Finjuice, which is going to be interesting because if Finjuice beats them, then the next night... Then, Ju- Juice is going to be going for the U.S. championship. So he, he could, could be, be a two- double champ. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. I don't think matter. that's going to happen. But that doesn't matter. It's not <clears> the same as, as being a, no, I know. a double singles champ. But yeah, uh, that would be interesting. And I do think Finn Juice is going to win because, I mean, G.U.D., they've had the belts for so long. And with Finn Juice back together because Finley's back from injury, I think they desperately need some kind of infusion into the tag division, some fresh blood, you know, if you will. Uh, night two, we'll also see uh, Jushin Thunder Liger in a tag team match. Saber versus Sonata for the British Heavyweight Championship. Kenta versus Goto for the Never Open Championship. That should be good. A Zack Saber Jr. match should be good. I think so. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Tanahashi versus Jericho. Jericho has been calling out Tanahashi with some great video segments. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually really looking forward to that. You know, uh, Chris Jericho, how is he going to wrestle against Tanahashi? Tanahashi is a very specific style these days. Uh, how is it going to mesh with Chris Jericho's? Because I don't see Tanahashi going too hardcore or anything. Yeah. And most of Jericho's matches in New Japan have been kind of really physical, more so than wrestling-based. So how are they going to mix those two clashing styles together and have it be a good match? I can't wait to see it unfold. It's funny because I think personality-wise, I think this is a compelling match. Yeah. In ring, I don't know how great a match this is going to be. I hope it's going to be good. I hope my expectations are exceeded. Yes, that's what I'm hoping for as well. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned, or I mentioned Jericho's video segment, so that gives us a segue into uh, a Being the Elite room service video this week that was released with Kenny Omega and and the Young Bucks talking about their time in ROH and New Japan. And it really is interesting, especially from the Omega perspective, of leaving New Japan and the way they kind of acted towards him at the end. Uh, he talked about this great video he made that they didn't want to air, but then it got Leaning so much... into his Tanahashi match. Yeah, that, that got we so much about. traction, right? And then suddenly New Japan wanted to air the video, but edited it a little. He's like, oh, I already gave it to the Young Bucks. <laughs> the thing is, like, this whole conversation was fascinating mm-hmm. because they revealed things that I had been suspecting, but I didn't know. So I knew... We'd kind of heard rumors that the Young Bucks and Omega were trying to work things out with Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And we all speculated, oh, AEW might partner with one or both of these promotions, and that would be great. <clears throat> and it would make sense because the Bucks have been so attached to Ring of Honor. I think they've been dedicated to Ring of Honor and loyal for the most part. Um, so to me, it was odd to just like leave that loyalty behind, like, oh, we're just leaving whatever, deal with it, Ring of Honor. But here you got the Young Bucks perspective, which I had kind of been taking the Ring of Honor perspective, like, oh, man, they left Ring of Honor, this sucks for Ring of Honor. But then, like, Matt and Nick reveal, like, you know, we had in our contracts, we could work with Ring of Honor and New Japan, and Kenny the same thing. I knew that Kenny probably had it in his contract to work with New Japan. I didn't realize that the Young Bucks had it in their contract that they could work with Ring of Honor. And they said, in this video, we're open, we can we can work with you, but nothing ever came of it. Now, I don't know if that meant, like, the Young Bucks specifically could just work in Ring of Honor, or if that they had to, like, share talent. They didn't go into the specifics right. of what the 
the clauses in the contracts say. But, wow, that blows my mind. And to me, it's a huge missed opportunity by Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because, you know, this whole year I was feeling bad for Ring of Honor. Thinking, like, man, like, you know, their top stars just left them. And they're just, you know, dwindling because of the losses a little bit. And because of other negative things surrounding the company. But, um, I don't know. I feel a little less bad for them. Not completely. I still love Ring of Honor. But if they didn't take advantage and the Young Bucks were like, we still want to work with you. We still love you. And they don't take that up? Like, they don't take them up on that? Like, what the hell? What are you thinking, Ring of Honor? That's a huge, terrible business decision. A huge mistake. I think the other thing that was interesting in this video is they showed a clip of them leaving Tokyo Dome after Wrestle Kingdom. And they were kind of discussing the sadness. Yeah, the depression. They call it depression. And Omega said, you know, he took it personally with the New Japan stuff. And look, we... We thought it was odd that he never had a good vibe. Because AJ, everyone who ever left, like, it's not just about leaving for another company. Think about the people who got sent off before. AJ Styles got respect in the ring before, of course. They used it as a storyline, Bullet Club turning on him, and that's when Kenny Omega took up the mantle. But still. Or, look, even more recently, Kushida. Yeah, he got a huge send-off, and right. he was leaving for another company. So it's not just the fact that they're leaving for another company. How come Omega didn't get that send-off? I guess because the future was uncertain. Like, will he come back? Will he not? We might work out a business deal or not. So let's just leave it up in the air and not act like it's a final goodbye. But to me, that was a huge mistake, because even if he had a final goodbye and acted like he'd never be there again, imagine the surprise if they did work together again. It would just be a huge pop, a surprise. A surprise. It, you could have still done the goodbye. Mm-hmm. To me, big mistake. And also, one more thing. So, the whole conversation got started when Matt and Nick were talking about how Kenny wanted to go over his Okada match, his first one, with Matt. He wanted to tell him the match that he had been thinking about in his head, how he was going to have it play out. And Matt was like, oh, yeah, that's going to be match of the year. And they talked about how it became a tradition, how they always met, like, you know, and talked over breakfast or over food in Japan about his Okada matches. And then Nick said something, you know what? All of your matches with Okada, like, had an awesome feeling. All of them had, like, uh, match of the year quality feel to them. He's like, you know, the one that didn't feel... Any, like anything similar is the Tanahashi match. Mm-hmm. Of course, referencing his last match in New Japan Pro Wrestling, his last match at the last Wrestle Kingdom. And it's funny when Nick said that, I do feel the same way about that Tanahashi match. Nick said, there's, there's no feeling in it. Like, I didn't feel anything watching it. And I felt the same way when I watched the Tanahashi match with Kenny because it wasn't like the Okada matches. Like, it did, because everyone knew there was all these rumors and everything. Uh, it just didn't feel the same. It didn't feel as epic. There was something lacking in the emotion. As, Not from Kenny, but in ge- the whole match. As great as AEW is, it doesn't feel like Kenny Omega's as big a star. No. And even close to the star he was in New Japan. And and I hope that he gets that back because otherwise it almost... I know he's working with his friends, but it almost feels like... I don't know. A mistake is not the right word, but to leave New Japan where he was so revered. And yeah. I don't know if he is getting that in AEW at least yet. Of course, you know, we're only a few months into yeah. AEW, so can't make any uh, big determinations right now. But I do want to say, you know, I love AEW, so please don't hate on me for saying this, but AEW has a different feel than New Japan Pro Wrestling or even Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. When I was watching these same guys, so it's not the talent pool, it's, I guess, the way it's presented. I guess it has, like, a Raw-like feel to it. I just don't feel like it's, like how I used to feel watching Ring of Honor when they were in it, or how I used to feel watching New Japan when they were in it. I'm missing that, like, emotion of of them 
you know, writing their own stories in another company, almost like owning the promotion without owning the promotion. You know what I mean? Being bosses of themselves without being the true bosses. There was some kind of extra feeling to that. That in AEW, it's missing for me. Yeah, no, New Japan, it's just, it's better to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor, I know people are hating on Ring of Honor, but when the Bucks were in Ring of Honor and everybody who left was in it, there was some kind of emotion when watching a Ring of Honor show that I don't feel watching AEW. And it's the same guys. Right. So to me, it doesn't make sense. It's not the roster. It's something about the presentation, the feel. I don't know what it is. And I'm not hating on AEW because I've been loving the product. I do think it's a great alternative to like WWE and Raw and I think it's awesome that we have choices as wrestling fans but there's just something I feel like the universes would realign and things would feel normal again if they maybe did work with New Japan Mm -hmm. and or Ring of Honor I'm hoping Ring of Honor wouldn't get left out of that convo because people they love to raggle in Ring of Honor and I'm going on a tangent here I know but people love to raggle in Ring of Honor right now but like when you think about it Ring of Honor is a huge part of who the Young Bucks are. So if you love AEW, it makes no sense to me to not love the style and the type of wrestling that Ring of Honor still is presenting, even with the Bucks gone. Because the Bucks, part of them, you know, came from working in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I think a, a huge part of their style and their creativity. If Ring of Honor wasn't so cool about certain things, and yes, they did benefit from having the Bucks in of general. Course. But if <clears throat> Ring of Honor wasn't so cool about All In or wasn't so cool about them doing Being the Elite and other indie shows, even PWG still, then, like, we wouldn't even have AEW today. Right. So I think people should remember that and uh, still try to support Ring of Honor because we don't want them to die. But at the same time, what a bad mistake on their part if they did have that offer to work with AEW. And if that's what's holding things up, they should come to their senses and they (laughs) should work with Ring of Honor. Yeah. I mean, they should work with AEW, I should say. Of course, that's all speculation. We're not behind the scenes. Yeah, we don't know the true, complete stories, of course. But yes, if if ROH has that... Uh, opportunity, they should jump at it. Hell yeah, they should. <laughs> uh, I think it'd be great for all wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah. Even it. Look, even if it's one big show per year where ROH goes against AEW, you could use Jeff Cobb. Yep. Against anybody in AEW? Yes, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, come on. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's switch gears and go to uh, WWE's world this week and on Raw. KO so starts the show so funny on the mic. Gets a chance to go against Mojo Rawley, which, you know, KO is always great. I think Mojo got a chance to shine a little bit, uh, you know, on, on the main show. And I thought he was really good. Yeah, he got a chance to shine on the mic and everything and uh, in the match. So to me, great get for Mojo to be involved in this little, it's not really a feud, but this little tiff, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> with KO. Because KO is gold, and I think anybody who works with him gets a little bit elevated. Just because he's incredible. You know, I said he had a good year. Yeah. He was one of my people on my list of the good year. Of course. Uh, that's because he's awesome. He, he really deserves more than what he has, to be honest. Well, I, mean, I think he, it's it's coming. I him. think it's coming, too. I think he's on the way up right now. Uh, KO calls out AOP and Seth Rollins, who proceed to beat him down. And I wanted to he men- got all bloody, too. I wanted to mention this line, because Samoa Joe called AOP thugs that needed to be dealt with. Oh, yes. And it made me laugh, because our buddy Trace... He calls Samoa Joe a thug. He calls Samoa Joe a thug. He's like, I don't like that thug. So when he called AOP thugs, that made me laugh. That that is pretty funny. Because, yeah, Trace does definitely call Samoa Joe a thug. Which Uh, is hilarious. Because Samoa Joe is, like, one of the best people on the roster. So it's it's hilarious that he doesn't like him because he, you know, Trace is casual. But because he appears as a thug. And, of course, later in the show, you know, AOP and uh, Samoa Joe come together. 
uh, which was really just It was great. awesome. But I thought you were going to point out the pretty boy comment by Mojo about Kevin Owens. He <laughs> called him pretty boy. Oh, I forgot about that. There's a tweet. I'll read it later. It has to do with that whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, later in the show, AOP uh, would assault Rey Mysterio uh, in that match uh, against uh, Seth Rollins, uh, which was for the U.S. title. AOP <laughs> would assault Rey. Seth would be disqualified. And then right. Samoa Joe would stand his ground AOP. And Seth walks away and tells them to finish him. And so, finish him. Uh, so that clearly, was one of my favorite parts when he like suddenly was like, finish him. So clearly, <laughs> what is this, a video game? Samoa Joe is going to have some part in this. Samoa Joe must be very close to coming back. Yeah. Uh, because he ends up getting power bombed through a table. At yeah, the end. there's no way he would have gotten physical if it wasn't close to coming so, back. So, this is obviously going to turn into some kind of feud. But, uh, you know, who is Samoa Joe going to work with against them? Kevin Owens? I guess. That's, yeah. That's a possibility. Or, or down the road, Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins, which would be great as well. Well, that would be great. But, like, I'm thinking it's probably going to start off with Samoa Joe going against AOP. And it would be the natural fit for him to be tagging or teaming with KO. Yeah. Man, imagine how great that match will be. Yeah, absolutely. And I could see AOP winning because Seth Rollins interfering. Mm-hmm. Or just getting the upper hand because of Seth Rollins' interference. Uh, elsewhere on Raw, uh, both Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy had matches. Next week, they're going to have their rematch, which was a really good match at uh, TLC. So looking yeah, forward to I that. I can't wait for that. Chelsea Green made her debut, but was a, basically a squash match for Charlotte, which I thought was a little surprised to have her debut uh, basically just be a squash match. Yeah, I think it's kind of silly, especially when she wasn't like her usual gimmick that everyone loves, you know, the hot mess. So, just to see her in regular gear, I don't know. It feels like everyone's becoming cookie cutter, and like that, I think, is a, uh, not cool. I agree with that as well. And uh, one other uh, note on females. I re- even though she doesn't speak much English, I love Asuka on the mic. Uh, just when she just gets angry. She's the greatest. <laughs> I'm really glad that they're letting them talk. Yeah, and, and talk in Japanese. Yeah, like, I mean, because that's real. Like, you know... They wouldn't speak in English the whole time. Right. Uh, it was, okay, I don't like Vicky Lynch, as you guys know, uh, which is cool if you guys like her, of course, as Paul called her, his wrestler here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, just, just her matches to me, they're not my favorite at all. But I did like how she spoke Japanese back to Asuka. Uh-huh. Um, you know, n- time and place. Yeah. Just so you could understand. <laughs> that was pretty great, I gotta say. I liked that a lot. Um, but yeah, that whole segment. Awesome. Asuka calling herself Asuka Two Belts. Asuka Two Belts. I'd like to see it, to be honest with you. Uh, meanwhile, on NXT, so NXT was a hodgepodge show. They had some tape matches from Brooklyn and some from the Full Sail Arena. I like how the hosts were pretending that they were recording it on on Christmas Eve. Come on, we know you're not doing Or Christmas night or whatever night that was. Although, Pat McAfee was great again. God, he's so- incredible. <laughs> and the way he abuses Sam Roberts, but then Sam Roberts calling him out for losing when... When he was in his one championship match referring to Pat McAfee losing in the Super Bowl. Do you know what's funny is I used to listen to Sam Roberts all the time, his podcast about wrestling. Then I stopped. I was like, ah, he's never critical very much. Like, he was always... Um, not that I have a problem with over-positivity right. or anything. It's just like, I like some criticism, especially when it's not, like, in a mean way. I was just like, yeah, it's too much. Like, you know, he's always praising everything all the time. Uh, and I just never agreed with some of his views. But, like, he's presented here like he's negative. Oh, I mean... Which is weird, because like, he never was like that on his podcast. Towards the end from of what the I show, remember. he continued his thing that he started, I think, earlier last year on Bianca Belair, where he's basically just... She's she's ordinary. You know, no! earlier, earlier this year, he's, he, I think he's she said he said 
that she was not main event worthy. I don't know. If he that did was, say that. I don't I know think, if that was the beginning of this year or end of last year. I think but, it was the beginning of this year. So, it was when she had her singles match against Shayna. So right. it was this year. So because he, he said she didn't deserve that match. And, now that match wasn't a very good match. But Bianca's had some great matches since then. Um, in fact, that was probably one of my least favorite Shayna defenses was against Bianca. But I think they had another match later, and it was better. And I think uh, she really shined in Survivor Series. I think it was Survivor Series. Remember how dominant she was in the mm-hmm. Survivor Series match? She kept picking up everybody? Yep. Yeah, so to me, like, I love her. Especially, like, at the end of the year, her little st- streak of matches, I think, have been good. Yeah, I, I think she's done I, well. I agree, so I don't know why Sam Roberts is so cr- critical I don't of know. her. Uh, she's got power like nobody else has, but I think Sam Roberts is just being a heel. Well, it's yeah. the weird part. Like I used to listen to his podcast, <laughs> and if I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong because this was a long, like four years ago. I used to listen, but I, I don't remember him being very critical very often of WWE. And I was like, eh, like I want to hear some criticisms, <laughs> but he didn't have any back then. Uh, some good matches. Uh, the uh, Roderick Strong uh, open challenge for the the title uh, was good, where he called out uh, Evolve Wrestling's. Austin Theory, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I thought Theory was really impressive, uh, but obviously Strong won that match. The one thing about that was a great match. It was a great match. The one thing about the matches in Brooklyn, you could tell they piped in crowd noise. Oh, it God. was kind of obvious. It was kind of sad because, like, there's like you see these shots of the audience, like they're not right. cheering. Well, like movie. I mean, like they they're. Dijakovic and uh, Bronson Reed went against each other, and there really just wasn't any buzz. Yeah, there's no way the crowd knew who Bronson Reed right, was. Right, right. Even though he's fantastic. And to me, you always be Jonah Rock. I hate that new name. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, they said his name. I'm like, who's that? And then I see him. I'm like, oh, it's Jonah Rock. <laughs> I just know him from PWG, and I'd rather him be called Jonah Rock, but whatever. They did make uh, one big announcement for the World's Collide show, which is going to take place Royal Rumble weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, Undisputed Era will take on Imperium, which oh, will yeah, be a I've great four-on-four. Uh, fantastic match. I did fall asleep during some of the NXT, <laughs> I will admit, so I can't comment on everything. I tried to stay awake for parts like with Keith Lee, but I kept falling asleep. Uh, but I saw some great stuff. I was impressed in both the uh, table. Bel- Bianca Belair's match and Candice LeRae's match with their opponents. I guess those are going to be some future stars. Uh, the Brazilian girl that went against Candice LeRae, which I, I forgot to write down her name. And the then, Brazilian girl. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> well, she was Brazilian. Is the black belt? Uh, Blackheart. Oh, yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the one with the black belt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Bianca Belair went against, uh, I don't, forgot her first name, but Blackheart. Uh, <laughs> yes. She was really good, too, so obviously some future stars there. Yeah. Uh, Damien Priest, Tony Nese versus uh, Keith Lee, and uh, Leo Rush was the, the uh, main event. Keith Lee bringing Christmas cookies to the ring. <laughs> and Keith Lee shoulder-charging niece into the announce table, and Tom Phillips, like, is flying off because he gets hit. And he, and he says, Oh, my God, what is going on? <laughs> and he made fun of himself later in the, in the match, too, that he, you know... He, See, I fell asleep he, for he that part. Caught up in the so action. what did he say later? Uh, I can't remember how he said it, but he just made fun of himself. <laughs> That's great. Um... I also like uh, that Damian Priest was uh, about to hit a move in the corner, kind of doing his you know head banging thing. I hate the head banging. And 
We got an. Uh, I hope they're not going to overuse this, but the Lee rising up in the background. <laughs> yeah. But this time he was wearing a Santa hat. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I didn't see that. I got to see oh, that. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, but like, are they going to do him like rising up on everybody? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Don't overdo it. Yeah. But it, it is a funny uh, visual. And it is. Keith Lee hit a jackhammer to Tony Nese and uh, Leo yeah, Rush like... hit final hour off of Keith what? Lee's shoulders. <laughs> like, that's stupid. <laughs> but great, I will say. Uh, but they worked well together and they got the win, as you would expect. And that is how NXT ended. And uh, they're doing an awards show next week. So uh, no live action next week, I yeah. guess, on NXT. So you know what's funny about that Keith Lee rising up out of nowhere thing? In college, we had to make a silent film. We had to write the premise and, and film it. I didn't really like the filming of it. That's when I decided I didn't want to be director after all. So obviously the project was a little more difficult than I anticipated. But the writing of it I really enjoyed. So I wrote a story about how I, who was the main character in the story, had a silent film that was due. So it was based on reality. But uh, I forgot it was due. I woke up and, you know, I go to the class and, like, the class looks like zombies. And they're like, silent film due today. I forgot it was due. And so I was trying to film it in one day. And all these things start going wrong. And then at the end, I wake up and I think it's all a dream. So I go back to sleep and then uh, the zombie version of the teacher, who always wore the same hat, so I had it look just like the teacher, comes up out of nowhere and like fog comes in and then he starts laughing. So I had him rise up out of nowhere and go like, whoop, and then like fog starts coming in. So when I was pitching the story to the class, I did the whole the demonstration of the teacher rising up out of nowhere and evil laughing with like a grin and I was like, whoop. <laughs> and then he started like laughing and loving it. So remind me, I was thinking of the Keith Lee rise up before it even happened, before I even knew who Keith Lee was or wrestling. There you go. Because I didn't like wrestling back then. Speaking of wacky videos, that we, I see you're doing great segues here. I didn't uh, even know it was a segue. <laughs> the, the, the final uh, Free the Delete video, or the latest one came out, uh, where he actually has battle on the compound. You know, although I couldn't be a director... Somebody who could, Revy Hardy. She's so flippin' talented. You guys don't even realize what she does behind the scenes for all the Hardy stuff is incredible. The videos she edits, the photography she does, she's incredible. So she edited, and I think she filmed, these Free the Delete videos. Um, so the final one was released this week, episode six, and we basically get like a... Almost like a final deletion type of match. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. It was very reminiscent of the final deletion for me. Even more so than the ultimate deletion. I like the Impact version way better. I've always said that. But, of course, his friend was there. And he throws him into the pool, which has the water of reincarnation. And so it comes out as, like, this demon-looking dude rising. And because the, the entity voice that is, like, the broken voice or whatever is like you must test your newly reacquired skills because now he's broken mad again he had just gotten thrown into the pool so he's got to test his skills as uh woken mat or broken mat i don't know i think they're calling him woken mat so they start to do battle all over the compound i think the greatest part had to do with my boy Skarsgård, which is a boat. <laughs> but Skarsgård, get him. Yeah, that's what Matt says to Skarsgård, and he falls on top of Ryzen. <laughs> he. <laughs> He's, the boat's a he. <laughs> it's whatever. Um, I really love Skarsgård. I was disappointed, though, that Vanguard 1 wasn't in this video. Yes. He was in a previous Free the Delete, like episode 3, I think, but not in this one. Still, really cool. I like the way it was done because it just had a great feel to it. 
the cool thing is that they're producing this content themselves. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I think that's the most important part. At the end, Matt loses, and the voice says, it wasn't about deleting Ryzen. This was about deleting Woken Matt. What does that mean? Does that mean we're done with the Woken character? We're going full on broken, bitch? Hell yeah! <laughs> like, let's go broken. That's what I like. Better. I know you will be very excited if that is the case. I hope that's the case, <laughs> and it's not like he's going to go back to regular Matt Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't let that be it. <laughs> don't let that be it, please. The, you know, back in, I think it was 2016. Was it 2016? I think he was my number one wrestler of the year that year. If it wasn't 2016, it was it was 2017, but I'm pretty sure it was 2016. Because at the time, Matt Hardy reinvented himself completely, and nobody was doing stuff like these videos, and he's doing it again. You know, at, at the time, though, he had the backing of the company. Now it seems like he's doing it on his own accord with his family's help and stuff. Him and Rebby are like a powerhouse. They could be a production team, in my opinion, but I feel like they're doing it on their own, and they're getting the content over. And if it's over enough, I think either WWE will be forced to use it, or if he leaves WWE, he could take this elsewhere. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with uh, Matt Hardy. Uh, whether uh, and you know, look, look, we don't know Jeff Hardy's status. Whether you know when he'll be back. He's got more time, I think. Yeah, because so. of his injury, they can put more time in your contract if you're out injured. Right, that's how it works, I think. So we'll see uh, if they end up working together as the Hardys or or and what re- happens. Regardless, I don't think Matt needs to be with Jeff right now. No, no, I agree. I think he really excels as just the broken Matt character, and I love it. So if he goes on full broken instead of like kind of the half-assed woken character that WWE did, I feel like it could be good no matter where he is, even if he stays in WWE. Just commit to the character. <laughs> Not Matt, but the company. Who, whatever company picks it up, commit to the character because it is wonderful. And, it, you know, he's underutilized right now. I agree. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so a lot to look forward to. Again, uh, Wrestle Kingdom is on the horizon. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. Uh, we'll have some sort of reaction, uh, whether it's live or whatever. Yeah, I don't uh, know. We'll see. I, I, stay tuned to our Twitter is the big thing because exactly. we'll be announcing what we're doing on there at superkickingit S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T or Pod T-W-O-F-A-C-E-D-P-O-D also stay tuned to WrestlingNews.co's YouTube channel which is just Wrestling News Co all one word search it on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube it's the channel you're watching right now check that out because a lot of our videos and reviews will be on that very channel and we're back to uh, Raw Review next week yep. AEW Review next week. Which... You're gonna be torn on the raw review. You're gonna be a little distracted. Oh, you're 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 pretty much gonna be doing a lot of that on your own. Cause, I know because the mighty Gators are playing in the Orange Bowl that night, and that's where all of my attention will be. Raw will just kind of be over here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, before we go, we also want to mention uh, next week again. We're gonna put out a Twitter question on uh, best matches from each promotion and best overall show pay-per-view whatever that you saw last year it could be some local show that you guys went to and right. you know let us know uh we're looking forward to hearing that uh meanwhile holiday season you know so you're gonna give us a gift of multiple tweets of the week yeah instead of one tweet of the week <laughs> i got three tweets of the week happy holidays hopefully you guys really though uh, seriously, hopefully you guys had a great holiday season. I hope everyone watching or listening at home really enjoyed the time with their families and friends, and hopefully it was a good time of year for you all. And be safe on New Year's Eve if oh, you're yeah. headed out uh, with uh, all the 
all the amateurs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of scary to be out on New Year's <laughs> Eve sometimes. Yes. So, in honor of the holidays and the new year and all that, I got three tweets. So, first one being from Jimmy Havoc, of course. Happy effing whatever you celebrate. I'll spend it how I spend most other days, drinking beer and contemplating my life choices. And it's a picture of him with a balloon, happy effing whatever. And he's got like a Santa hat that says, bah humbug, it's a black Santa hat. And he's, you know, flipping slash flicking off the camera. (laughs) What is it supposed to be again? Flipping. Flicking. (laughs) Whatever. All right, so the second tweet is from Shoda Uminu. Of course, we know him as Shooter, who used to really be involved with Moxley. He's the young lion who's now on excursion. Happy Merry Christmas, he says. I received a Death Riders jacket as a gift from my master. In parentheses, he puts, at John Moxley. Someday I will wear this again and be together. I always climb the top of the harshest mountain with this jacket. And there will be something at the end of the dream. Mox times Shooter. And it's got a picture of him wearing the jacket. I think it's him, or it's Moxley, but either way, I think it's a great tweet, and it's really cool to see that he's still keeping up with the whole Moxley thing. Even though he said he was going on excursion to be his own guy and to get away from just being under, you know, the shadows and stuff of other people, I just think that's a cool tweet, regardless. He had a great year, by the way. He did. He had a wonderful year. I mean... He had a really good match, and then he had the whole interactions with Moxley, which really elevated him even more. Yeah, made him popular. Yeah, put him in the public eye, for sure. And then finally, my final tweet, we kind of referenced this earlier, from Kevin Owens at Fight Owens Fight. So, Mojo calls me a pretty boy on Raw. Thank you. He put a blush face. And AOP and Seth try to ruin my face minutes later? Coincidence, question mark? I don't think so. (laughs) Seth, Arkham Razor, your jealousy is understandable. Justifiable, but not forgivable. Nice try, though. I'll see you three asshats next week. And it's a picture of his face all bloodied and messed up, and he's frowning. (laughs) So I think that's the best tweet. (laughs) That's got to be number one, but the other two were honorable mentions. Very good. Yeah. Uh, And before we go, uh, be sure to check out... uh, Bloopers. If you're one of our Patreons, uh, we've got blooper content coming up uh, that goes along with the show as well. Plus, uh, the best bloopers, pictures of our notes and things like that. Yeah, the best bloopers were when you were talking about Kevin McAllister and you were calling him the wrong name, and I started crying because it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not this show, but yeah. No, but that was that's already up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there will be some from this show. Yeah, as well. there was only one where I like hurt my arm and went and like said like when <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, we do want to thank our patr- thank our patrons Jason Span at Psycho Nigiri at Smart to Death our buddy Ant Charles Fitzpatrick at Ch- at Nacho Coalmine at MGB wrestling pod of course that's graham and mason Mm -hmm. and alex thank you uh thank you all so very much (laughs) i can't even speak thanks guys (laughs) all right well when we're back with you uh the next thing you'll see us is uh the raw recap yep some of some of us (laughs) so are you gonna be on it or i'll be partially on it like so you're like halfway in the screen no i'll admit i'll literally make a cameo that's it? Yeah. You're acting like you're going to be kind of on it. No, you're, like, you're on your own pretty much on that one. Well, that sucks. <laughs> I don't want to talk raw by myself. Yeah. Whatever. Well, it'd be quite the, uh, quite the test of your skills. I got skills, man. <laughs> I talked Ring of Honor by myself, but I yeah. like Ring yeah, of Honor. Yeah, exactly. So That's I what I mean. Know. That's the point. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure I can do fine. We'll <laughs> see. <laughs> I don't know. All right, that's it for us for this week. Yep, that's it for us. Until next time, we really appreciate you guys this time, though, so thank (laughs) you so very much. But until next time, that's the finish. (laughs) 